I heard a um, a podcast during the week. I listened to it. It was really bad. Yeah? This one guy talked a lot. By himself? No. He talked over his co-host a lot. Mm. Was it me? The other guy constantly clearing his throat, sniffing. Was it us? Sounded like it was recorded in a toilet. <laughs> it wasn't us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Was, what podcast was it? You want to call it out? It was totally us. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Robot Head and Spook Podcast. Two creatives talking about where art and life intersect, crash and burn. Hello. Uh, hi. Yeah. Hi. Sorry. I had a big piece of cardboard stuck to my face for a second. <laughs> Wherever you are and whenever you are, it's... welcome to the Robot Head and Spook Podcast. Take 54. Uh, whatever. Uh, my name is Michael, aka Robot Head. Uh, I am your co-host and with me... I'm JF and I'm the spook. <laughs> and we're working beautifully and I think part of that is a product of it being... <sighs> Very late on a Friday afternoon, and we're both really not doing so well. I'm so grateful the week's over. Yep. I'm so happy to be not working right now. Yes. Oh, God. Anyway. Um, all right, so I wanted to share a story with you. My relationship to your art changed a little bit for a brief period this week. Oh, wait, um, is, this, is this an appropriate story? It's a totally appropriate story. You're the, you're the straight man. You can't say any mean, rude, dirty shit. I'm, I'm the not. guy that says the weird I'm stuff. I'm not. No, all I promise right, so, you I'm not. All right, make sure it's I'm clean. Right? Remind so yeah. I hear a crash coming from my study, and I, I'm of the view that once you've heard the crash, there's not a great deal you can do about it at that point. So I ignored it for a little while. And uh, when I was going on through to uh, to bed, walking through my study, I discovered that a large piece of uh, artwork by the gentleman across the desk from me... Was it the dartboard? No. Oh. It was the um, 89 Batmobile. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> okay. That was the best. It's, it's big. Anyway, it's been uh, displayed on top of a bookshelf. Um, and... For some reason, it had fallen down. It had taken out an entire shelf of sporting trophies <laughs> that me and that my you wife. The shop, no, right, that right. me and my wife have accumulated over many years. Okay. Um, neither of us are particularly sporty, I have to say. So whenever Were I they have, like, you know, like, did everyone get the same trophies at the sort of? No, 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 no. no. Um, a lot of them are very precious simply because I'm not at all sporty and so I don't really achieve that kind of thing. Anyway, yeah. um, smashed the, almost every single one of them into pieces. <laughs> um, landed on a, um, a, a piece of work that I've been doing and spread pieces everywhere. Did it ruin it? No. Oh, lucky. I, I, I haven't forensically examined the scene as yet. Right. Oh, okay. It was pretty ugly. Um, so, all right, so I've perched it back up in its usual spot. You didn't smash it into pieces, like... No. No, okay. We're talking about a piece of 
uh, was drawn on what? Um, plywood? Uh, probably plywood at the yeah, time. Yeah, plywood. And then ha- hammered onto a, uh, a wooden frame. Yeah, yeah, like a pine frame. Yeah. So like it's a, like a block so it's, um, it's canvas sort of So it's pretty thing. heavy. Yeah, and it was a, uh, for those uh, those of you who don't know, because it's a purely audio medium and not a visual one, um, uh, I did a series of two Batmobiles. Um, one of them was the 1966 Batmobile, one of them was the 1989 Batmobile, and they were done in the mid-century modern style, which means that very 1950s, 60s, stripped back, very blocky, block-coloured piece. Um and yeah, uh, after I did that and entered into a Batman show, no one could give a toss about them. So I just had them here until I said to, I knew Michael was a massive fan of the, uh, the original mm. Batman movie by, with Tim Burton. So I'm like, For hey, sure. you, you want this? And I've, I don't actually remember the handoff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, okay. I don't actually remember handing it off to you. How do you actually have that? You gave it to me. Oh, sorry. Or I stole it from yeah. you one night when you weren't looking. <laughs> That's a possibility. I think I think your mother got the sixty six Batman movie. Yeah, yeah, she she has no concept of what it is. Oh, I she lo- just I like love she just like both. they're beautiful. Buys it, bought it for me to support me. Oh. and she's <laughs> so awesome. It's in display so, in her sunroom. It's great. Like, anyway, like it's stuff. it's a big heavy piece. So I put it back in its usual spot. See, I've got a train line that runs behind my place. And okay. so you get vibrations through the house when the big freight trains go by in the middle of the night. And so I just assumed it wobbled out of place and it had fallen as a result of that. So I put it back. It was sturdily in place. I was picking up all of the fragments of the uh, smashed sporting trophies and it fell off the shelf again, hit me in the back of the head, landed on my shoulder, just about this, like, oh, I've got a bad shoulder. And now you do. Hit yeah. ro- no, it was bad already, but right. it hit, and it's been giving me pain ever since. So, um, I, I, th- yeah. No, you don't. There like was, you, there you was. Can give it back to it. There was yelling. Yeah. <laughs> there was yelling at my place. It was. Uh, no, is your house pleasant. haunted or something? Is there a haunting happening? <sighs> Poltergeist, maybe. Annabelle, oh, maybe. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Maybe one of your There's transformers is haunted. Like I don't know. I don't know. But I wasn't. Super happy. So I've I've put the trophies in a box and I've got to fix them all, glue them back into place. Well, if there's one, anyone, if there's any one person that can actually repair them, and, <laughs> yeah. probably me. <laughs> Make them seamless, sand them down, repaint them. No, yeah. Put little rods in them pleasant. when you stick them back together so that they're strong. Yeah. So, what did you want to talk about this week, man? Um, I wanted to talk about the idea of imposter syndrome. So, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. so okay, imposter syndrome um, came up first historically in 1978 in a paper called uh, The Imposter Phenomenon in High Achieving Women, Dynamics and Therapeutic Intervention by Dr. Pauline R. Clance <laughs> and Dr. Suzanne A. Imes. <laughs> Um, so these two ladies are obviously high achieving women themselves because they both got imposter syndrome. I'm guessing they would have had to have. Um, now the, I, I, I encountered imposter syndrome, well, I've encountered it all my life, but the first time I've, I'd actually seen it written down was in a small piece of writing by Neil Gaiman and he oh, shares a, see, I was going to bring that up. He shares a story which I'm going to quickly read out to you because I think this story encapsulates what imposter syndrome is mm-hmm. in in a nice neat nutshell. Now, Neil Gaiman is a famous writer. 
um, author. And he's married to Amanda Palmer, who's, who's an awesome. amazing musician. Um, he is award-winning, it, it can be said. He's well-lauded. He is um, an incredible writer. He's probably friends with Alan Moore. I don't know. I'm not sure that that's impressive, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> um, um, all right. So uh, I'm, I'm going to let Neil Gaiman take it away. I'm going to read uh, this little um, excerpt from a, a piece of writing that he did. It says, this is Neil Gaiman's writing. Some years ago, I was lucky enough to be invited to a gathering of great and good people, artists and scientists, writers and discoverers of things. And I felt that at any moment they would realise that I didn't qualify to be there among these people who had really done things. On my second or third night there, I was standing at the back of the hall while a musical entertainment happened and I started talking to a very nice, polite, elderly gentleman about several things, including our shared first name. And then he pointed to the hall of people and said words to the effect of, I just look at all these people and I think... What the heck am I doing here? They've made amazing things. I just went where I was sent. And I said, yes, but you were the first man on the moon. I think that counts for something. And I felt a bit better because if Neil Armstrong felt like an imposter, maybe everyone did. Maybe there weren't any grown-ups, only people who had worked hard and also got lucky and were slightly out of their depth. All of us doing the best job we could, which is all we can really hope for. End quote. Yep, I know that story. I love that story. It's a good story. Yep. Have you experienced imposter syndrome? Every day. No, I don't experience it anymore. Ooh, Um, you found the cure. Yeah, it's um, not giving a toss about what anyone else thinks. Yep. And that's, I think that's honest to God cure of imposter syndrome. You do what you want. You do what you feel that you need to do as a, as a creative. And you're not looking for the external, uh, what is it? Justification, the external gratification of other people's, you know, um, you know, ideas and opinions and that sort of stuff. You do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not going to say it's, it's an easy place to get to. It took me decades to get to this point. Like it maybe this year, you know, when you have that attitude, it's almost like an armor where you go, I don't care what anyone else thinks. I'm doing what I do mm. and I'm not asking for anyone else's approval. Mm. Um, I mean, I know like Adam Savage from Mythbusters, yeah. um, geek God, <laughs> you know, he's talked about, very smart man. He's talked about having imposter syndrome when he worked at, um, industrial light and magic as a model maker. Hmm. And he was waiting and I'm like anybody that's ever done anything and, um, like done anything that's slightly out of the, uh, norm and, um, has done it in front of other people has probably felt this has probably felt what it feels like to feel like an imposter. Now, I don't think it's limited to art. Is no, it? it's. Lim- I reckon it's in every field. Like you know, you're you're waiting for that tap on the shoulder to yeah. say, "Excuse me, uh, I think there's been a mistake. Can you, you have to leave yeah. now? Yeah. Can you please hand in your adulting card? <laughs> 
no, you're, you're whatever it is card. Like, uh, yeah, there's been a mistake. You're not actually allowed to be here. We're actually making room for someone better. Like, we've all felt that. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm going to tell you a story I haven't told many people, right? Okay. Um, and it actually links into something I want to talk about later, right? There was okay. a show, mm. an mm. art show, at yeah. a local hip-hop culture and lifestyle shop, right? Basically a graffiti shop. Yep. Right, you go and you buy your paint, your markers, your cool T-shirts, your hip-hop vinyls, and that sort of stuff. Yep. They had a show of denim vests mm. and jackets mm. painted, the backs painted with a graffiti, you know, style like they were doing the eighties, like in the old gangs in New York would paint up their own jackets, put their name on the back in a graffiti style, put a character on there, yep. very bright, very colourful, yep. and you'd wear this with pride to be your like, you know. Does that particular art form have a name? No. Okay. Know. Anyway. anyway. So anyway, so it's a it's a denim vest yeah. um, that you've painted. Yeah. Um, and it's you if you do some digging online, you'll find it. It's all mainly graffiti stuff. And I am fanatical almost about back patches and you know like jackets mm. with stuff on the back. I love the whole bikey look. I know all about the top rockers, the bottom rockers, the the logos. Um, I've got. Um, leather jackets that I've painted up for when we were running in a greaser gang, you know, and I painted everyone's jackets up. And so I've got a couple of different, um, you know, like back patch pieces. Yep. So anyway, this show was coming up and I wasn't in it, right? But I was really pumped about the idea of seeing a whole bunch of denim jackets mm. with, you know, graffiti on the back. Yep. And I'll put a caveat here. I am not a graffiti artist, okay? So I don't go and so you're bomb not... trains and, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yep, do yep, the yep, big yep. letters. Like, I'm a street artist. I've done street art, and we can talk about that another time. Another time. Um, but I love graffiti. Mm-hmm. I love all the source material that the old artists would look at. Mm-hmm. And I love back patches and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Okay, so, so you went to this show. So I... In the lead up to this show, I th- said, I want to turn up to this show with my own custom-designed mm-hmm. jacket. Right? Yep. And so I worked my butt off. I figured out the best way to do it. I watched all the tutorials. I had all the skills to draw it and that sort of stuff, but I need to know how to prepare the denim and that sort of stuff. Yeah, actually had a how to paint the it. artwork. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had a friend who I was meant to be going to this show with who I should have known piked out on me at the last minute. Right? Is that me? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going there before. anyway. I had yeah. my jacket. It was cool. Yep. I turned up and I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? By myself, I don't know anybody. And everyone was like an old school grapher. Yeah. Like they were all in their late 30s and 40s. They all knew each other. And here's some jerk turning up with his own little toy jacket. <laughs> like, you know. And I was like, I, I was messaging my missus going, I, I gotta go. Like, I was there for 15 minutes. I talked to the guy that ran mm. the show. Yeah, yeah. And the show was amazing. I talked so to him. He thought, oh, just... it's really cool that you're here, this and that. But I felt so alone. Did Was anyone else who was at... So, obviously, they had jackets that were on display for the show. Yeah. Was anyone else wearing A couple of people things? were turning up as I was leaving with their own stuff. So... But here's the problem, okay, right? Yeah, 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 here's yeah. where I feel like an imposter. Yeah. Right? If I don't have anyone with me, mm. right, and I don't know anyone, and I'm doing something as stupid as this, mm. I'm like, oh, God, I shouldn't have come. 
right? If you've got crew with you, if yeah. you've got someone to talk to, entourage. you're cool. <laughs> An entourage. entourage, someone that orbits your planet. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Like... <laughs> a little aquiline or something. I felt like a biggest jerk. I left straight away. I still have the jacket. I wore it last week. It was awesome. In um, in addition to that, I've done. My son has a jacket. Yeah. Um, with a little um, sort of graffiti thing and a ninja turtle on the back, which he loved. Um, and my daughter is like, I want one too. And I'm just like, well, we'll grow a little bit and then we'll yeah. give you something that you can wear for a while. So, okay, that show happens... I think it was last year. Yeah, that show happens next week and you rock up. Do you reckon you'd feel the same? Um, or have you got over that particular bout of imposter syndrome? It's always difficult for me personally to go to a place by myself and just hang out, mm. right? But now I think I'm a little bit more comfortable in my own skin. And um, maybe I wouldn't do something as bold as try and wear something like that's also on the walls. You know mm. what I mean? Like I would do my own, put my own spin on it. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm really happy I have this cut-off denim vest with this awesome graphic on the back. Mm. I really love it. Mm. I wear it out every now and then. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think feel like I felt completely out of depth and it's not the only time like anytime I'm in an art show with great you know really cool artists back in the day like I just felt like what am I doing here like you're not cured of the whole imposter syndrome thing when it comes to art these days I am because I feel that like I put myself into situations where I'm like I don't it doesn't even occur to me that I'm going to feel imposter syndrome. I know I'm good enough to be in these places okay. when I'm ever, when I, when I'm in them now. You know what I mean? Hmm. But it's it's I don't I think it's one of those things that potentially because I don't have any formal art training, maybe that imposter syndrome comes from the fact that maybe I don't have that training, and so maybe I'm not good enough to be in playing the same sandbox as these guys that maybe went to art school and can really explain themselves through their artwork and yeah. you know I, I think it would be easy to pigeonhole imposter syndrome to people like that where you know particularly people that don't have formal qualifications formal things but I think that the thing about imposter syndrome I actually heard someone use the phrase imposter syndrome in the wild the other day it was okay. a conversation that was just happening adjacent to me and someone was talking about having imposter syndrome they weren't even talking about art yeah but I think that the thing about imposter syndrome is that it's so universal. I can tell you I've felt that way at my job that I've been doing for a long time and, and reached a, a reasonable level at. And um, I know I've felt that way with art. I know I've felt that way about um, being a husband, being a parent, um, all of those kind of things. Um I've actually been really gratified. This is going to sound horribly egotistical. Um, I've been gratified with some of my artwork that um, uh, people have been complimentary, for sure. Um, and and I was talking to a guy who is actually buys a, a lot of things that are very similar to the things that I produce. Um, he's he's one of my pe- people that commissions me quite a bit. Yeah, and he commissions others as well. And, um, and, you know, we were talking about goals and plans and that kind of thing. And, um, I was saying, like, I know of the guys that he's commissioned artwork from, um, and, and pieces from are, um, they're, they're like top shelf. They're like the best of the best. Um, they got the name and everything and they're very popular and I'm not you know, I don't have that name. Yeah. And I, I said to him, you know, I'd, I'd <clears> like <throat> my 
talents and skills to be at their level one day. And he turned around and he said, you are one of those guys. Yeah. Um, Where are those other guys, those talented guys based? Oh, most of them overseas. Where? UK, US. A lot yep. of them in the US. The US is a huge market. Some of some Southeast Asia as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I've, I've seen some Southeast Asia toy customizers yep. yep. and they're amazing. Yeah. Um, but the US is a huge market and I honestly think that if you're going to make it big... Mm. Like you make it big in that country because mm-hmm. they have their population and yeah. therefore their audience for whatever specific thing mm-hmm. is so much bigger that in that pool it's easier to be like, oh, look, you got to go to such and such. He does the best blah blahs. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, but you know what? Like, you don't push yourself and uh, not push it. You don't you don't push yourself forward to the front mm. like those guys Possibly. do. And your stuff is <clears throat> like I've always said, your stuff is world class. Right, it's it's good. It should be said that um, yeah, before I blow my trumpet so hard that the top of my head blows off. Um, the stuff that we're talking about is incredibly niche. It's a very um, uh, it's a very narrow field when you're talking about um the entirety of art and creativity and everything else. That doesn't matter. Maybe you'll be that just exclusive guy that people go to and it's like, oh man, I know this one guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's the best guy. He's my guy. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but I put it to you anyway, this. I put it to you this. If I, I reckon that most people get imposter syndrome at some time. Yep. But I also put it to you that most people don't talk about it. They just shut up and just, you know, worry. either struggle through it or worry. Yeah. Or I, you I know, know, I know someone who. I something else that happened this week. Um, was I did my first ever watercolor. Painting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was cool. Uh, in fact, I've 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 painted things before, but it's usually been painting models and that kind of thing. You know. Yeah. Um, I don't do artwork so much. I painted a mural once. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, I just started painting on canvas a couple months ago, and I think it was my second and third pieces I managed, that I'd ever painted ever. I managed to sell for a reasonable sum of money. I was pretty happy with that. Um, and, uh, so I just decided to do a watercolor and, um, I, I, um, I actually showed it to, uh, someone else I know, um, you know who you are, hello, um, who also does watercolors <laughs> and, um, and, and that person's response was, I'm never going to show you. Yeah. 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 Um, anything of mine. Yeah. And, and it was like. Why not? So, dude, because what what's happened is that you you, you did this one thing, and I'm like, I've been dabbling in watercolors, and I use them to you know do color, like you know yeah. the old school car- uh, comic artists yeah, used, yeah. used to color with watercolor, mm. right? So I'm using it in that sort of vein, mm. and then you come out with this starfish, and it was just sort of like, I'm just gonna throw my shit away now, like that was awesome. <laughs> that was like you, that was your first one. All right, <laughs> you know, Jesus. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. Oh, yeah, it wasn't that good. I'm not that good yet. Yeah. See, that's what happens, man. In Boston. <laughs> okay, I did, anyway, I, did, anyway. I did a pretty decent watercolour. Um, most uh, might post some pictures of it at some point, but um, I haven't I haven't made that particular artwork public as yet. But that leads us on to our next bit of the discussion. So we're going to take a break and come back in just a few moments. <laughs> 
Welcome back. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to the Robot Head and Spook podcast. Um, I wanted to... Spooky. Okay, we were talking about um, our, our, our art and imposter syndrome and all that kind of thing. And there was a discussion and potentially an argument that we should probably have. And I thought rather than having it in private, we should just make it public. You want to have beef now? Why not? All right. What do you got? So... Last week, I brought up something, or the last time we recorded, I brought up something about sharing our own personal artwork and our own personal socials, mm. and you completely shut me down. Yeah. I I actually have listened back to that podcast, and I was like, yeah, I really did, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> it could have been fun. that I, I forgot to go back to it later. No, but... no, no. I, I assumed that there was a reason that you didn't want to share your because I mean you've at got, the time like I'll you've tell got, you you've got an you've got an Instagram account. Yes. You share your artwork. I've actually had some people that I know who have listened to the podcast. Yeah. Um, by the way, we're happy for whatever feedback anyone oh, has to give. Can, can yeah. I just can I just stop you right there? Yeah. I just want to shout out the love. There is so I've. Like Michael's actually getting a little bit jelly at the moment because I'm getting so many DMs on my personal Instagram, and I'm getting <laughs> nothing. I get. So, I'm I've got. Donuts. I've gotten several DMs. I've got uh, FaceTime calls. I'm not going to shout out everyone because <laughs> I haven't cleared it with everyone that I can name is all. But um, no, I feel I... I feel like I've reached like people are coming to me and saying oh i was really inspired by that thing you said about like not wasting your time and i'm like all right well do something about it and i felt like i was gary v or andy frasella or someone it's like oh i'm like inspiring people now and i'm like listen i'm listen if you've got if you like what i'm saying i'm really overjoyed by it and if you don't like what i'm saying well i don't care um but <laughs> but, but i'm not like i'm 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 very excited um to inspire people like it's not what i set out to do like mm. i didn't like i'm actually feel very privileged as dumb as this sounds the fact that we can produce a podcast right i, I feel really privileged to be able to speak to people like this is like, that imposter syndrome no <laughs> no it's gratitude dude i feel gratitude I, that I they, they, like at this moment in time the technology is good enough that we can literally have our own radio show this is pretty good. This is pretty freaking good. And so I'm happy that the words that we say um, resonate with people and that most importantly, um, that you reach out and tell us that because we just ex assume that no one is listening. Um, <laughs> we're having a good time. And we're just doing this for ourselves and I'll listen to it three times this week once it's published, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> and Michael will come to me and go, we've got three downloads. I was like, dude, that was me. That was me. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so, yes, I am, I'm like, someone asked, how is it going? And I'm saying, I, the answer I gave was, the response has been good. It's been steady. It hasn't been huge, but it's been more than what we've expected. It has, yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I have to be honest. No, when I say I didn't get any feedback at all, I, I did get a little bit of feedback, um, mostly in person from people, but not so much the messages or the, or the DMs or anything like that. So um, it, we do have a list of um, uh, ways that you can access us at the end of the episode. Um, they might not be particularly clear, so... Uh, <laughs> 
I don't know. But anyway, back to the point. You were saying I didn't I give out my you Instagram. Did, you didn't give out your time. Instagram, and I, okay. I, I was wondering if there was a particular reason yeah. for that. Yeah. Oh, sort of. Um, <laughs> back when we were talking and the, the flow was going, and you said, oh, do you want to shout out your Instagram? I'm like, yeah, yeah, we'll do it later, right? I'm pretty okay. sure it said something to that effect. No, you didn't. I, if you go back and listen, I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll sort it out later. Anyway. Okay. Um, the thing is, and I'm not bagging out any other podcasts, right? But this is our first time doing a podcast. You know, this is our first, you know, bout of, you know, entering the media landscape. And from from what I've heard of almost every podcast is like at every 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 episode they're always shouting out their Instagrams, oh you can find me at this and this and this dot com or this and this and this and it's like Which know, we do in our own Yeah, end yeah. and I'm like, that's great. But I'm not here really to advertise my artwork, really. I mean, I, you that's know, not the idea of the. Pop. That's not the idea. I'm not yeah, trying yeah. to gather listeners to funnel you through to my Instagram. I'm I'm trying to gather listeners to listen to some cool ideas that we have and some interesting takes on stuff that we see all the time. You know, if you know, I'll give you my Instagram. It's not a problem. All right. And, so okay. Hit us with your Insta. All right. If you go to Instagram and type in J-A-Y-E-F-F dot J-P-E-G, J-F dot J-P-E-G. J-A-Y-E-F-F dot J-P-E-G. Dot J-P-E-G. That's your Instagram That's handle. my Instagram handle. It's well worth a few minutes of your time. If if you feel like it. I mean, like... <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I find... I, I, I've kind of pared back on my Instagram... Because I feel that the media, that media um, outlet is kind of saturated. Um, With? Well, because when everyone has an Instagram, it's um, that Andy Warhol's everyone's going to be famous for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And if everyone's famous, then nobody's famous, right? So I, I see artists all the time and it seems to be the trend, it is the trend, that you post all your best work on Instagram, right? But my problem with that is that you can work for weeks on a piece, you post it on Instagram, and with a flick of the finger, mm. it's gone. No one will ever see it again. Mm. No one's going to go back to it. If you're, in a, if you're following 800 people mm. and you're flicking through and somebody sees your work for like a microsecond and is just flicking through, yeah. it's really hard to find that piece again. Yeah. Especially when you go back to your top results and then you try and find, remember and then you don't even remember the person's name, who it was. I find it almost, it's almost useless to post everything that you do on Instagram, okay. right? And so I'm using Instagram now as more of a tool to, you know, sort of get my weirdness and ideas and um, almost, you know, non-art across. As opposed to just posting... Posting all my funny all your, pictures. Because you, know? you, were, you, were, you were pretty much... I was doing it a lot, almost every day, every, almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, okay. that said, I have reams of paper here <laughs> of stuff that I haven't made Instagram yep. like yep. stuff that I've drawn I literally draw every single day yes in um, fact he actually produces stuff while we're yeah like while we're doing the pod he's, study, just, you know? he's just doodling he's drawn an ear in the in the 25-30 minutes of the no, pod so far silly. it's just a scribble but I mean I yeah. wanted to talk about the nuts and bolts later on right <laughs> that's what I meant about nuts and bolts before like but we'll get to that in segment three. But yeah, no, I like 
we can talk about oh look at our socials our socials mm-hmm. and you know I can mm-hmm. check, and I'm 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 all about checking out people's social media and when something really grabs me I'm all about it right yeah. I'll I'll be like this is an overnight you, success you, you do DM people too you message people oh, yeah. who who whose art you enjoy and that yeah kind of and I was yeah. like oh this is really cool and whatever but I mean these days Instagram is getting saturated it's a saturated tool that almost no one is seen. You know what I mean? Unless you are like know the algorithm and ha- like know how to play the algorithm and how to like you know post at this time of day and do whatever you need to do to get right into people's beak. Yeah. Like it's sort of like, you know what? Like I used to have like what all as many hashtags as you want. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And this and that, and I'm just like, oh, you know what? I'm just gonna post something. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. That that big blue gorilla mask. I'll post yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, and yeah, I like, so if you want to check it out and I'm more than, I, I actually lost about four followers this week. So, um, so I need some more back. So come on, follow me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, like you can do a deep dive if you want. I really, I've, I've got a whole range of different things that I've done and, um, you know, I'm more than happy for people to come and look. Yeah. I'm not trying to hide it. Yeah. It's just, that I don't think it's as important as like, if we're in this medium, I yeah. want this to be the medium. I don't want you to be distracted by going and mess around with other stuff, yeah. but I'm more than happy for people to come and check. So, what about yours, Michael? Um, What's yours? Well, I've got, I've got a very interesting relationship with social media in that, um, one of the things that I've heard and read about, um, quite a, quite a bit lately, particularly when it they're talking about sports people and their interactions with social media because it can get so negative and toxic. Um, people are taking you know mental health breaks from social media and that kind of thing because they because <laughs> they find it because they can find it overwhelming. Yeah, and um, uh, I can get a little bit like that. Um, I I've had a bunch of ideas uh, over um the last few months and few years and um a lot of them mean an increased uh social media presence yeah um i actually find that it's quite a lot of work to maintain yeah um i was talking to someone um over in a in a messenger chat that i'm involved in uh, a little while back ironically social media yes social media again um look it, it has its place and it can be useful but um, I was saying to that group and, and that particular person I was talking to at the time that um, sometimes the social media can feel like a little bit of a burden, like you have to keep up, you have to keep producing content. And uh, whenever I do produce content, I'm getting um, sort of more followers and that kind of thing and people joining the bandwagon as it were. And it just sort of slowly grows. But um, I, part of my reluctance to share my... Um, uh, where my a lot of my work is is that um, I haven't posted a lot in the last six to twelve months. In fact, um, I've um, I've got a plethora of pieces that I have not um, posted at all, um, and and part of that is because um, I just haven't had time, and and I need to you know process photos and 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 post them up. And when I do a lot of that that kind of thing, it actually prevents me from actually working wow mind blown wow shut up didn't we talk about this last time (laughs) yeah all the things that you have to do to instead of actually doing doing the the, work and and you know what doing the work is what gives me the buzz not not the reaction that's exactly right dude i'm telling you now something else that something else that so why don't you tell people you break my balls about showing my social media yeah later (laughs) come back in two episodes time people (laughs) 
<laughs> so, um, uh, oh, gosh, I had a point there and it's gone right out of my head. Now, you're talking about how it takes you away from actually doing the work. It, it does. Um, and, and, and yeah, the, my, my social media is a little bit sparse as a result of, of that just at the moment. Um, but I can tell you what it is. It's not a big deal. Um, so, pro- <laughs> um, so most of my stuff I post to Facebook. JF's been telling me I have to get on Instagram for a very, very long time. I haven't told you for a while though. I, I actually like, created an Instagram account to start putting my stuff on, and then I forgot how, how to. I, mean, I still know how to access it, but every time I ac- try and access it now, it's asking for a password that I don't remember, and I can't get it back. And I had the perfect username, so I'll. Uh, yeah, I don't know how this. I don't know how these passwords works. work. <laughs> I'll write it down. Would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you, damn kids. Um, so most of my stuff is on Facebook. So if you wanted to look it up, it's um, M's Toys. Uh, sorry, what is it? M's Toy Customs. So M S T O Y C U S T O M S. Search for that uh, uh, in Facebook, and you'll see my page. Um, so yeah, it's um yeah, it's lots of fun and that's where I post a lot of stuff. I've got a lot of work that I need to post. I've actually got some annual leave coming up in January, February, and I reckon I might um spend a bit of time just putting up uh, a, a few bits of work and I should have a few more pieces finished by then. The, oh, you know, that was my point that I was going to say. The other thing with this whole social media thing is that you don't know necessarily what people are going to respond to and what they're not. So once it's out there in the world, once your art is out there in the world, it kind of, that's the reaction dude. doesn't belong to you no, anymore. The art all. doesn't belong to you anymore. Yeah. No. And you that, put it out there and you don't get to choose what becomes popular. You don't get to choose what's good or bad. So I've had things that I've done yeah. that I think, wow, this is, I've put a lot of work in this. It's some of my best stuff and I'm going to get a reaction and you get a big giant meh. Yeah. Um, and then like what happened this week is I threw out a thing that was, I called it a palette cleanser of of a piece that I did. It was, I finished one piece and moved on to something else. And I wanted to do something that was a little less labor intensive. Yeah. Just to, just to, I just want to throw something out. Like a filler. Yeah. Like a filler. Just to, just to, and I, I had a stupid idea. It's a genuinely a stupid idea. Yeah. It's convoluted and dumb and I did it and I executed it and I had a friend of mine take pictures. He's really good with the whole toy photography thing. So he took the pictures for me and he's got a great, a huge following on um, on Instagram. Um, shout out to my buddy Curtis. He is at uh, shadow.maru, M-A-R-U-0-0. Again, at shadow.maru, M-A-R-U, um, zero, zero. Uh, that's on Instagram. He takes great toy photography. So he took some beautiful photos for me. Um, and I got an amazing reaction. I got an incredible reaction to, um, uh, to this stupid piece that I'd done. I, I didn't quite understand why that had happened. Um, but there it was. And... You can't control how the audience responds. And, and that makes the whole thing about actually putting your stuff out in 
into the wild a little bit more fraught for mine. Um, I've got, I think every artist has got those stories of like doing something and people finding like, like real pleasure and stuff that you're like, well, that, like yeah. that piece was a, that piece was nothing, man. What are you talking about? Yeah, like, yeah. like years ago when I was in, into the whole like full swing in the early 2000s in the whole street art thing, mm. I was in an exhibition and I had put in, uh, three pieces. I had three pieces ready to go. And, uh, I said, oh, three's a, oof, it's a yucky number. I wanted four pieces. I could do four pieces. <laughs> so I did, I th- literally threw a piece down. It was called Bear. Mm. And it was, at the time I was drawing these really awesome bears. And I still have like many pictures <laughs> of them. But it was just literally eyes and the <laughs> snout of a bear. Will it be one day referred to as your bear period? It was my bear period, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, What's going to happen now? <laughs> um, it was just the eyes and the snout of a bear on yeah. a blank piece of paper and yeah. I framed it and it was called Bear because the piece was Bear. And this guy comes running up to me at the opening going, Oh my God! That's uh, That was amazing. Oh my God, this is so insightful. Oh my God, because it was like... Uh, and I'm like, that dude, that was just number four. Like, it, was like, <laughs> that was, it took 15 minutes to do. What are you was, talking about? It was only because... Because you, I bought that piece. It was amazing. You only was, did it because you didn't want to do three. Three. <laughs> Jesus. And anyway, so you, like Andy Warhol had the comment of, you know, your job is to make art. And don't worry about whether it's good or bad. You just make it. Let others figure out whether it's good or bad. And while they're figuring it out, you just make more art. And I kind of live by that. What are you doing, man? Don't, don't worry about it's, it. It's, I'm fine. Yeah, kick it off. You all right? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, so, dear. so that's that's the way I try to live my uh, artistic career is not by worrying about who who's gonna see it and what they're gonna think. It's just about oh, I need to get the work done. Yep, you know. Yep, it's all about the work. It's all about yeah, doing the work, having fun, enjoying yourself, and not caring what other people think. Bang. So, all right, we're gonna take a break. You want to talk about nuts and bolts? The real deal. I'm not absolutely I'll, sure I'll, I'll that what you don't mean is actual nuts and actual bolts, but it might mean that. But anyway, like yeah. we're, we're going to find out after this break. <laughs> We're back. Um, JFU went to a gig the other day. Oh man, last week. Uh, a little while back now. It's when was it? Cup? Last week. It was, was literally it? last week. Wasn't it Cup Day? No, no, no. no it was that was the oh, there, oh, sorry. I'm this was last okay, Friday night. Yeah, like yeah. I, I had the most horrible week, and I was just feeling yeah. really out of it. And I was like, I actually debating. I wanted to get out of the house, but I didn't actually know what to do. Whether go and see a movie or go and see this gig, because mm. um, a couple of buddies of mine um, were playing support at this um, gig, and uh, it was a uh, the Mike. Mike Joseph uh, single launch Mike Joseph's a rock singer who's actually really awesome but um, there was a rap group on the bill called Black Shades and Arrogance yeah um, and they represent the southeast of Melbourne, just like us. What, what? Really? You know, yeah, they're southeast, south, represent. Southeast, southeast represent. <laughs> and um, you know, big shout outs to Kid Odic and uh, Mike D Renegade, and their um, band again, Black Shades and Arrogance. I actually had a really good chat with them um, about their latest single called Lucidity, mm. which is a brilliant song. 
um, that will hit right at the core of anyone trying to do anything creative. And and look, I've had a listen, and and it really does tie into a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about. In fact, this very evening. Yeah. So I, I I would imagine we've we've been putting out a song each week. I would imagine that's going to be the song of this week. I think so. I well, these guys deserve all the credit. They they haven't been around that long, but their their stuff is tight. Their rhyme structures are insanely good, and if you listen close enough, it gets really really funny in some places. Um, songs like uh, "Strange Land" and their their cipher. Um, they're new. They're talking about doing a new video for um, a song called "Book Bag," which I believe will be. In my bones, I feel this will be their party anthem. It's awesome, but uh, "Lucidity" is more of a downbeat song. Mm. It's got a heavy feel to it, and um, that appeals to me. And, and <laughs> not only that, but the, the, the lyrics are just absolutely awesome. Yeah, um, well and done. I want to shout out those guys in a big way because they're really good guys. Um, and we're gonna see if we can get them on the podcast at some stage. Ooh, because, that'd, that'd yeah, be really good. They're they're coming up, yep. and they're living it. Um, but I wanted to ask you something, yep. Michael. Um, I mentioned nuts and bolts before. Yeah, yeah. What were you talking about? I want to talk about reality. Like we've been talking about concepts a lot. Um, oh, you know, like how, like you know, what it takes to make it and that sort of stuff. But like, I want to ask you because I do a lot of the talking and mm. I do a lot of the shit talking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you. What is the reality of you actually creating your art? I want to know how you do it, where you do it, when you do it. You know, what 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 have you got going around? You know, what's happening around you when you're when you're actually creating art? Because yeah. it's all good and well to talk about. Oh, you know, we're struggling. We're sort of up and coming. We're doing this. We're doing that. We're failing artists. But I want to know what sort of dedication it takes, so that people realize that it's not. A, a matter of like, oh yeah, you know, just, you know, a little bit of time here in between watching, you know, episodes of The Rookie or something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I want to know what sort of dedication and um, like a, a vibe for that. Um, all right. Um, it's, it, it isn't easy. Um, that's, that's for sure. Um, just to give you a, a, like a brief snapshot of um, my, own, my own personal circumstance is that I've got a full-time job. It's mostly during the day and mostly during the week, occasional weekends. Um, it goes from um, reasonably early in the morning till um, mid to late afternoon, um, often doing a little bit of overtime here and there. Some days can be quite bad with that. Um, uh, hopefully, yeah, try and limit that as much as possible. Um, I occasionally have to finish off some work after I get home, which isn't ideal, but um, uh, I've got a young family, so... I've got um, two young boys, they're um, four and six years old, so they usually take up a fair bit of time and space, um, and my job is such that um, it, it can be quite stressful, um, uh, not so much the physical hard work, but the, you know, the emotional hard work and the intellectual hard work, and you have to, you have to be focused and concentrating for, for the whole day. There's not a time... It's, it's very difficult to find any downtime in your day where you can just sort of switch off for a little while because you're always thinking about what's coming up next. Um, uh, so, yeah, so I get home from work. I'll, I'll hang out with my boys a little bit. Um, we've been, um, you know, there's always readers to do and make them do homework or 
um, schoolwork. I've been reading to them um, uh, the uh, Jeff 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 Smith Jeff Smith's Bone. Oh yes, yeah, the uh, Bone trade paperbacks. Um, Bone is a comic book. Yes, by from the nineties. Nineties would be yeah, yeah. So I've got the whole trade paperback collection uh, by Jeff Smith, and um, I actually read them all ten volumes to my stepson when he was about the same age. So um, now it's my boy's turn, and yeah. so we've been reading that in the evening. And there's often readers. Sometimes there's um, cooking to be done, and sort of share duties with uh, my wife. Um, uh, you know, she would probably do most of it, but um, you know, I do a little bit of cooking occasionally when I go home from work. And you know, sometimes there's um, cleaning to do on the weekends. There's washing, um, and I'm, I'm I'm quite an involved dad, so things like shower time and bath time is um, uh, is the kind of thing that I'll, I'll be doing for the most part so it's not um how there's always a lot to do how does art fit into that it's a fair question it's usually after the boys are in bed and i get a lot of um personal guilt if i'm not actually being productive after hours i don't get up early like you do um uh, i tend to do it after hours so we're talking about after 8 p.m. usually um, and then you know usually you're setting up for a good half hour it's 8 30 and then you've got you know an hour an hour and a half two hours to do something to achieve something and then you've got to pack it all up again and I sometimes don't even get through the pack up I have to finish packing up in the morning while I'm getting ready for work because um, mm-hmm. I haven't finished it and I can't leave stuff out um, the other issue I have is uh, um, I do it at home I do some airbrushing quite a bit and with the airbrushing you can't do that inside because of the toxic nature of some of the paints and thinners and all that kind of stuff that I use. So I have to do it outside. And you can imagine in winter, that becomes difficult after 8pm, 8.30pm, you can't really do a lot. Mm. Um, so if you want to do it during the day, you either need to wait for a day off. And there's usually stuff happening on your days off or on, on weekends. You're going out to sport or you're going out to the market to do shopping or you're um, running errands or whatever you're having to do. Um, and so running kids around to their friends' places or birthday parties or whatever. Yeah. So that time is limited during the day. And then sometimes you get a free moment and um, I have to go outside to do painting and it's storming or raining or windy and so you can't because the rain's coming in the decking sideways. Yeah. Um, and and so that time just disappears. So, and, you know, often in the evenings, particularly in wintertime, it's very cold. And um, when it gets cold, the paint behaves differently. Hmm. So um, you take whatever moments you can eke out. Sometimes when I've got downtime like I can't paint and I can only do inside stuff I'll set up my resin casting and I'll do some resin casting instead yeah. uh, set up been doing some um, painting which is a little bit easier when you're, you're dealing in watercolors and um, acrylics and that kind of thing that's something that you can set up and, and do um, I don't tend to watch a lot of TV and movies if I can help it simply because it just seems to take away from actually doing the work. Mm. Um, if anything, I'll pop on, if I'm popping on something on Netflix or, or, or um, whatever, I'll have that on while I'm working yeah. in the background yeah. um, or, or something on YouTube or, or whatever I happen to be watching so, but um, or listening to a podcast. I, 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 I listen to a lot of podcasts and music and that kind of thing, so yeah. I'll have headphones on. So I can be absorbing 
stuff while I'm producing stuff. Something I just uh, gotten onto. Did you say something about what was that guilt you talked about? Was it professional guilt? I I get if I have downtime. Yeah. And I do sit in front of the television and watch television. Yeah. I feel unproductive. I, I feel like I you know haven't what? produced something, I f- and I I tend think to that feel that's guilty a, about that. I think that that's a trait right there that you've you've mentioned and maybe people have felt that themselves in they're like I could be doing something better with my time right now and I think that that's a really valuable thing to hold on to because even if you don't it's sort of like a little post-it note in your brain saying you could be using your time a little bit better mm. and I'm all about using my time better I'm, I'm I don't do it all the time because I have specific times where I like to do my stuff and you know but I like the idea that um, you know something goes off in your head that says that you could probably be doing like using your time in a better way. Yeah. So um, you see, because it I as think a, that's as a positive thing. Not yeah, negative. absolutely, okay. absolutely, because it makes you. It's your brain basically telling you, you know, you've got stuff to do. You're busy. You've got stuff to do, and right now you're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Right, like TV, as good as movies are and that sort of stuff, it's a passive medium. Like, it's just talking at you. It, there's no two-way connection. There's no... Um, there's no... Nothing you can add to that story. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, uh, like, you're an audience member. Mm. Whereas when you're creating something, ultimately that will be in front of an audience of one or a hundred or a thousand. You know, like, yeah. you're yeah. creating something um, out of essentially something that wasn't there before you're creating something new and i feel that that guilt that you feel when you're not doing it is a really really valuable thing because it's almost like a little kick in the bum to say you know don't have to get up now but trust me you've got work to do yeah you know i, I do find that i have more ideas than i have time to execute them which can be difficult that's why um, notebooks I'm, I'm, are great i'm very grateful for the fact that summer's coming too because i can actually produce stuff after hours um, and, you know, between 8 and 9 o'clock when the sun sets, um, I can actually get some painting done and the weather's usually a bit better and a bit warmer. So summer months, I, I would probably probably be a little bit more productive than winter. Mm. Um, and I'm coming off a winter where I don't feel like I was particularly productive and, and that's that's frustrating for me. I think, I think you're actually a bad influence. Why? Because I've actually had a professional counsellor tell me that so, that attitude of feeling that level of guilt especially when you are producing something yeah is actually not healthy no. in that in that in that in that um well, if, well. if i have five nights right and i work for four of them yeah. and have one off and feel bad about it saying it's actually listen, you actually need you need downtime i'm not disputing that i'm just saying that you're basically your subconscious is telling your conscience mm. that you could be spending your wasted time better mm. like that I don't think that's a bad thing and I don't care what fucking a careers counsellor or whoever said <laughs> wasn't like, a careers counsellor well whoever well, counsellor they yeah. can say oh yeah yes you do need downtime like you can go and watch uh, BattleBots like that's an awesome show yeah like you know but like and there are times when you do need to switch off you don't need to be on all the time you need some time downtime yeah but you also need to know you need to keep that in check because downtime can just turn into all your time yeah and you, you could start playing, you know, all the video games that the kids are playing now. Like you play Fortnite and just get addicted to that and then do not produce any work ever again. Yeah. You know, like it's, I've, I've lived with the feeling of 
guilt that I could be doing something better for a really long time. Yeah. And that spurred me to create a lot. Now, I've started keeping a logbook of art that I'm doing every <laughs> single day. Ooh. Now, all that, that feeling that you get that you haven't done enough, yeah. that's the bullshit feeling. Okay, because I'm telling you now, if you wrote down, if you took yep. two minutes a day to write down what you did every day, yep. and you go, oh, look up to the end of this month, I didn't do anything, and you looked at the log of all the things that you actually did, yeah. you'd be like, the fuck am I talking about? I've done heaps. You know what I mean? Even if it's like, drawn a sketch for this, yeah. done this, cast that, cast yeah. three of these, did that, thought about this concept, wrote down this concept, you will have... And not only that, but it will also organise everything that you've ever done. Yeah. So yeah, I'll tell you something funny though. I did, um, you know, when I'm doing a little bit of the resin casting, casting, and I've got a whole bunch of moulds. And whenever I've had a little bit of leftover resin, I've, I've I'll, I'll grab a mould. Yeah. And I'll just make something. Yeah. You know, just so I'm, I'm using the leftover resin. Yeah, dump mould. Yeah, yeah. It's got a dump mould. Yeah. There's a particular transformer character. That is very, um, how shall I put it? Um, Gay. Not no, not controversial, but um, <laughs> but not not not. I would think universally hated is probably a bit strong, but not too much. Right. Who is it? Wheelie. I don't know what that is. No. You don't know Transformers. Why well, are you even asking? Why are you talking to me about it then? Okay. Well, crazy. The thing bastard. is, what like, I've done. <laughs> one of the little molds I made is a little slingshot weapon for a wheelie toy. Okay. And I made it because someone asked me to make it and I made this mould and now I've produced about like 15 of these little slingshots of various colours. Dude, with sell leftover them. Resin. Sell them to your people for five bucks a pop. <laughs> so, so, I've got a bunch of these. If you're a Transformers fan <laughs> and you want a slingshot for Wheelie, hit me up. Let me help you out. Put it on Instagram. <laughs> I've got, no, listen, like, you, need you need funny. a bigger dump mold. You need a bigger dump mold. I will give no, no, you a no, bigger dump mold. Because the stuff I'm producing is fairly small. The yeah, resin yeah, pieces. that's why. I don't, I don't produce that much leftover resin. Yeah, but that's why you need a dump mold. You just pour it in and then by the end of a month, you've got like a really awesome piece. I've got plenty of dump molds you can have, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right. Oh, dear. All right. Okay, I, I would like to hear more about your, uh, your nuts and bolts and your process. But dude, dude. I have a feeling... That we are going to run out of time, and no. I think we've uh, tested our audience's patience enough for one night. I'm really hungry. I'm hungry too, <laughs> and it's dinner time, so we're going to go and get a bite to eat, and we are going to see you all next week. So thank you for listening. Oh, actually, I don't know whether it's going to be next week. We doesn't don't matter. It doesn't matter. Be. Doesn't matter. We'll see you when if we see you. If they're listening to this, then it might be in two minutes' time. You go there. Awesome. So thank you for listening to the Robot Head and Spook podcast. I am Michael. And I am JF, the Spook. And yep, I'm Robot Head of course. Yeah. <laughs> so you're waiting for me to say that and I didn't say it. <laughs> Alrighty. So this is us signing off. Thank you very much. Thank you for your feedback, uh, positive and negative, that you've thrown our way. We appreciate your listening. Take it easy. See ya. Email us at robotheadandspookpodcast at gmail.com. Our socials are Instagram at robothead underscore and underscore spook. Facebook.com slash robotheadandspookpodcast. And Twitter at robothead. The music in the pod is taken from Touch Not My Seed by Colin Lane. Used with permission.
Hello, welcome to the Robot Head and Spook podcast, wherever you are, whenever you are. I'm going to start that all over again, but I'm not going to stop the recording this time, I'll just trim it in post. Stop editing yourself. (laughs) Sorry. Hello, wherever you are, whenever you are, welcome to the Robot Head and Spook podcast. Uh, My name is Michael, aka Robot Head, and with me is my co-host. Hi, I'm JF and I'm the Spook. You're sounding weird because you're actually taking selfies of yourself wearing a mask. I'm trying to. I can't figure it out. You can't see your phone because you can barely see through the mask. Fucking shit. Oh, okay. (laughs) Hang on, let me take it off.